0: share. Welcome to Girlfriend It, hosted by women for women on a variety of topics most relevant to our daily lives. Weekly, we have incredible, inspiring, and influential guests as we explore everything from why ambitious women don't quite reach their full potential to how we deal with the dailiness of life. Together, we will hear compelling stories of other individuals in hopes of one thing. How do we get to know ourselves? Here we are. And I just have to just like breathe and take a pause of everything that's been going on. Uh, I was reflecting this morning on, I was actually in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I was training a class. When, you know, some of this was being announced of the coronavirus and I was going up and shaking people's hands and introducing myself and it, government employees and they they kind of were more aware than the rest of us <laughs> of what was going on. They're like, hey, we don't shake hands here. It's all like this elbow bump or um you know, we don't even do the knuckle bumps anymore. And right around that time, I, I received a message from my daughter who had been on spring break. And then she was saying, Hey, they're, they're closing down ASU. It's going to, going to be all online. And so by the time I came back from Albuquerque, I, I went to the store and, the shelves were the paper products they were gone there <laughs> was like no toilet paper and i felt like i was really in a movie because it just i i i was actually with my my middle daughter at the store and she was like oh yeah mom it happened fast it was like i i felt like i was just gone for a day but i was gone for a week and the whole world kind of turned upside down and in the meantime All of my training went from, you know, the physical being in a classroom to everything on Zoom. And, oh, my word, I I lost my voice, the stress of the technology of putting everything onto Zoom, of knowing how to respond with Zoom and not, I mean, staring into a computer all day long and not getting the facial expressions, the body language, those nonverbals. Uh, I thought, okay, I need a laugh track or a clapping track or something to get some response because this is putting me under the table, not being able to have that, that face to face. You know, it's just so sacred to me. And, uh, with that, having my youngest daughter, a Gen Zer, um, come home and bring her entire dorm room into my house, um, I just thought, all oh, right, we have to address this. So today that's what we're going to be talking about is the corn teenager, uh, the boredom boom that's, that's happening. And I, I was just talking to Ben, uh, my producer and he, he is a 13 year old and his teenager is loving it. You know, just sitting there being able to play games with his friends on the internet, so for some, depending on the temperament, this is the greatest thing ever. And for others, mainly the extroverts that get uh, a little bit more energized by having that face-to-face with people, it's it's quite painful. So what do we do when we're all back living under the same roof? And we just wanna talk about that today. And how can we help each other as we're raising our young adults? I'm, I'm especially focusing on teenagers through this whole pandemic. And once again, through this boredom boom, um, and on a side note, my partner and I will be offering free coaching sessions Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you'd like to be a part of that, go to Girlfriend It at TogiNet on Facebook and direct message me, and we will add you to the Zoom. Uh, once again, every Wednesday, 7 p.m. to 7.20. So we just figure people can jump in for a quick uh, 20 minutes and get together, know that we have each other's back, we can do this thing, we can vent, we can share tips and strategies together so we don't let this get out of control and we can enjoy the time that we have with our lovely offsprings rather than getting frustrated and, and severing some of the relationships and leaving some scars. So it's it's natural for teenagers to want their independence. They are dying to get out from underneath our roofs. They want to be with their friends, and they want to be planning their future. And, and I know for me, I, I want them. I'm trying to push them out of the nest and let them fly. And instead, here they are. They're back at home playing cards, wearing masks, right? Uh, so what are some of the strategies and tips for us to get through this challenging time and Stay tuned right now because we're going to dive into it. So the first tip, the way we can truly stay in control is to be in control of your thoughts. It's really easy. I know for me to, I go on a hike pretty much every morning with my husband and this is our time to just, you know, pray talk and I find myself venting way more than I should be. So I have to be aware and I'm telling him, you know, hold me accountable when I I can have that negative narrative. I want to be aware of that and change that. You know, you can have those thoughts. Sometimes you really can't help it when it just first comes into your brain. Uh, those, those microaggressions, those micro moments of, of having that negativity, but then what you're doing with those thoughts. So first tip, is stay in control of your thoughts. Uh, Second tip, make space for empathic listening. And we're just truly uh, facing some some crazy times. We don't know how it'll last. There's a little bit of fear that's there, and that fear leads to anxiety and some doom and gloom that can take place. So especially with our young adults, uh, they're they're dealing with some crazy disappointments and I I hear so often because I work with young adults that no one's really processing these disappointments with them what they see as once in a lifetime magical memories you know rites of passage such as graduation um, you know the Touring the college campuses, going to their proms, getting their driver's license, events they have been waiting for their entire life. People have built up these magical memories and such as like dance performances, um, the end of the year conferences or competitions. It might be as simple as, as flirting with each other as they walk down the halls or just fun interaction that they have together at lunch. And within days, it just, it was severed. And this might be their last year to play baseball in front of scouts, uh, run track with the stadiums being full. Events that they, they really have been preparing, not only months, but years, have just disappeared. So as I as I describe that, are you feeling their pain? Because that's what I'm trying to do here is to get into their heads so we can see, you know. And some of us are like, oh my gosh, they're so spoiled right now. It's like, are you kidding me? But their their reality um is is pretty painful. So not trying to spoil them, not trying to, you know, it's like, okay, buck up, you just have to get over it, but really be there for them. They're also dealing with the teachers that are scrambling to figure out how to make zoom and other online courses happen and available. I know, especially for mine with college, a lot of these teachers, they, they weren't prepared for it. So um, they're not knowing how to convey this information to their students. And we just can't underestimate how powerful uh, just to sit and listen Offer them empathy and hear those stories of, you know, where are you hurting? They have a right to be sad and perhaps even angry and frustrated about this year. But it might not be the time to say, I know this is a bummer. I'm sorry it has happened, but you'll get through it. It's all going to be good. They're hearing that enough. Like, it's all going to be good. It's all going to be good. Sometimes just listening paves the path towards them feeling better. So making space for them to offer those deep emotions as they grieve the loss of, um, just those, those feelings that they're, they're dealing with and and what they're struggling with. If you're a parent who is sticking to the social distancing, Um, I'm sure they're very upset with you and I just want to commend you. I, I want to say hats off. I, I think that you're doing a great job. So make sure you know that I know I'm doing a horrible job at that. And I keep saying to Kevin, uh, my husband, how are they doing that? You know, we see, we see all these families are going on hikes together and they're like, wow, how did they get their kids to go on a hike with them? Oh, Uh, it's, it's like, I, I just forget, Hey, I'm a middle-aged adult that I can truly, you know, control my teenager and they still live under my roof. And yet for whatever reason, it's not, it's not working for me, but anyway, hats off to you. I think that's awesome. It's up to, um, our, our young adults. I keep wanting to call them young adults because I know, those of them that are in college, they are 18, they are adults, uh, they they just want, they want to have their friends. They're allowing them to, you know, come over. It's like you, you want to just say only do it online. And even that, there's another problem there because now we're unfortunately more time on social media and gaming, which that's a whole nother uh, session, right? A whole nother segment, a whole nother coaching session, but we're having to allow some of that to take place as well. Okay. So we've laid out all the pain for them. Now let's talk about our pain as parents, because it's really all about us, right? <laughs> Forget about them. Let's focus on us. I know for me, an example would be, I really want things done on my time. I want my time frame to be acknowledged. I want them to respect that. And I know my, my own young adult, like I said, home from college, my laundry room is completely full from her bedspreads, sheets, blankets. And I keep, every time I walk in there, I keep thinking in her own time, she's going to get in here and get this laundry done. Uh, but in the meantime, you're, I'm walking over like this. It looks like a hoarder lives here. Um, Okay. That was really mean. Now I'm really throwing her into the bus, but trying to give her space, letting her do it on her own time. Um, you know, all of her dorm, dorm room dishes are now piled up on my counters because she's, you know, slowly putting them away. And she's also having her friends over. They're watching more Netflix than, than I've ever had my television on that, that long. Uh, I'm still trying to do my work, and my husband is, you know, in hoarding – in. <laughs> to his office, uh, doing, doing his work as well as all the noise that comes along with teenagers being in your house. So it's just a really frustrating, um, time and, uh, like her, her furniture is all over the garage floor. I I'm, I'm painting this picture cause I know so many of you are going through this. You have, microwaves, refrigerators, piles of makeup. It's all in the garage floor. She's slowly bringing it into the house, and she's trying to organize it, find places for all of this stuff, and, it, you know, it's literally been there since after spring break. So my third tip for you is slow and steady. Take on manageable challenges. If you bite off more than you can chew, you're going to regret it. And it becomes overwhelming to your teenagers, which becomes overwhelming to you. Once again, I want it done in my time frame. And I would like to say, get that stuff out of my garage, get it off of my kitchen counters, out of my laundry room, or I'm taking your phone until you're 25. Okay, that's my time frame. And we're so used to controlling them because we've been doing it ever since they were born. But now if we want to keep this relationship, we need to slow it down And treat them as partners. And what I mean by that is being relentlessly positive and solution focused, or else there will be chaos and conflict in our house. So a big tip is to brainstorm with them to figure out new rules and routines for how we can live together under the same roof. Like I said, you really are um, partnering up with them. They are adults. And they are dying to be treated as such, even if they are still acting like a teenager. I know my mindset is like, you live under my roof. You know, I'm still providing quite a bit of things for you. And right now, especially, they can't even go to work. So it's not like they're bringing in income to put gas in their car and to you know, go to takeout and grab some food, all of this is just really has turned their lives upside down. So have those conversations instead of telling them what they need to do, uh, daily offer suggestions and have them invent new ways to arrange the dates. Like, what does your schedule look like tomorrow? And I even, you know, say that it's like, I want to partner up with you because I want to make sure that we have this amazing balance as we're all living under the same roof uh, so your day can be as delightful in our house as it will be for me. So what is your time frame to clean up all the items in the garage? When would you like to eat dinner? Is there a time where we could all play cards together? Do you want to put a puzzle together? Okay, too far. That That's not gonna happen. Maybe your kid will do it, but, uh, would you like to make cookies together? And, and there's definitely been quite a few cookie making in, in our house, which is all I need, right? Is more sugar. So I can sit around and eat more food because I'm already grazing through the pantries. But when would you like to make cookies together? Uh, what are your thoughts? Give them the space to share ideas and, you know, they can even tell you, Hey, I don't want to do any of that. But at least you're you're saying I I respect you, I admire you, I want to give you the space, and these are things that I would like to do, and let me throw them out um, to see what you think about it. But at least they know you care, you're offering up suggestions, and you want to be with them. Uh I also like to tell them my my time frame. Uh, what I've learned is I throw it out there like, Hey, do you want to go on a hike? Do you want to go for a walk? And now I've learned I say, okay, from 7 a.m. till, till 10 a.m., this is when I can do that or from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. if you want to make cookies or play cards or do this, because what happens so often I'm getting ready to bed and I'm, I'm exhausted and that's when they come to you and say, Hey, you want to watch a movie with me or Hey, you want to play cards and you're running on empty. Um, then I go through the mom guilt of not being available for them. So it's okay, uh, to not be at their beck and call and to put your boundaries down as well. So right there, I want to say, does anybody have any questions or some suggestions or throw out your ideas? Uh, and once again, we're going to be doing, going to be doing this on Wednesdays. So that way we can all kind of collaborate and go, this works, this doesn't work. But I like to also add, find out how they're feeling. With Generation Z, they see so much on social media and they're bombarded with so many negative things. And now we're adding this into their plate, into their little amygdala hijacking taking place in their limbic part of their brain. And they want to be able to process this. Often, they just don't know how. So, creating that space to just say, How are you feeling today on a scale of one to ten? One being, oh, Okay, I'm feeling pretty grumpy pants about this, and ten being, This is going to be a fabulous day. So, ask them, you know, that. And sometimes they'll get snarky or, you know, just that the sarcasm of, oh, I'm, I'm in a one, like, Why do you care? whatever. But I think they appreciate it that you're asking because. I find that I ask that one to 10 and I break it down. Um, so on a scale of one to 10, how are you feeling about, about work, you know, or not being able to work? Okay. Well, that's a 10. Cause this is really cool. I don't have to go into work today, but I also am feeling, I don't know. I'll give it a four because I'm not seeing my friends by not going into work. It's like, okay, how do you feel about your relationships? Well, I'm feeling weird because I see this, You know, this friend on social media doing this and this and that. So, you know, okay, so would you give that a six or would you give it an eight? What would you give it? And then how are you feeling, you know, physically? Are you able to get out there, get outside, you know, do some activities? Where are you feeling with that? How are you feeling emotionally? Like, are you feeling pressure because you're not getting your schoolwork done? Are you feeling like, oh, I have this anxiety because I know I should be doing something, but yet I don't know what I should be doing. And so you just break down every single aspect, and that helps them to be able to rate that emotion of, you know, how they're feeling on a scale of 1 to 10. And with that, I'm just going to, Say it again, the biggest tip for today is that young adults welcome empathy. They are resilient and adaptable, and if we put the high expectations out there, they love to live up to them. Okay, maybe I got ahead of myself. (laughs) As long as it's their idea, they love to live up to those high expectations. So thanks so much uh, for listening today. It has been an honor to share these tips. And get a little venting of my own off my chest. Once again, we are announcing free coaching sessions for parents, especially for people who are finding their coronavirus journey highly disruptive right now. If you know someone in this situation, I hope you will forward this onto them. We are looking for parents ready to leap forward, to shift from being ready to pull their hair out to maybe even putting it in a braid. I don't know. But the months and years right now as parents, are, they can be very fragile. And the pressure is, is on. Traject, trajectories are being set, and most of us are probably without a clue. It's a virtual program once a week, Zoom calls, 20-minute time frame, and a shift towards a posture of possibility. So please join us Wednesday At 7 p.m., this is mountain time. If you'd like to be a part of it, once again, go to Girlfriend It at TogiNet on Facebook and direct message me, and we will add you to Zoom. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give you an example of what that would look like. So once again, we can share tips and strategies together so we don't let this whole being under the same roof 24-7 get out of control and we can actually enjoy the time that we have with our fabulous offsprings there's just small things that really go a long way and one of the tips is to be able to know how to deal with conflict we have a tendency to if we if we hear our teenagers saying something uh, to get irritated with them rather than truly listening to understand and if they say something that triggers an emotion to go, okay, I need to step back here and ask them a question. So try to, try to stop and pause and breathe and go three questions. I'm going to ask them three questions before I get irritated with them. Um, you know, and it could be as simple as, so what's going on right now? Like, what are your thoughts? What made you say that? And then another I love this model. I use this model a lot with conflict in the workplace and um, some of you are familiar with it, but it's called the I messages model and it's important to listen to people's feelings. There are times when um, just to be able to say, what are you feeling right now? And how would you put it in one word? So that way you're getting them to address, I'm feeling frustrated, I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling upset, um, I'm feeling like I want to blame everybody, or I'm feeling shame, um, getting them to get in the habit of putting that emotion into one word. So that's a great activity to, to move forward with, even if you want that as your homework for this week, to find out how your kids are feeling this is a using the eye message is a way to express your needs your expectations your problems feelings or concerns about them in a very respectful way that does not attack them uh, I hear parents and I'm I'm included I'm talking to myself here, that it's like, you should, you need to get out there in the garage and clean this up. You have till tomorrow to make this happen. So we start pointing the finger and saying, you, you, you. And it comes off as very controlling, that authoritative, they feel attacked and it creates conflict is what it does. So the benefits of an I message when we use that is that we can, um, throw these strong feelings especially if their behavior is not acceptable to you and it, it just we can um, it just contributes to a healthy relationship so it increases the trust it doesn't sever those relationships and you you truly walk away with a sense of connection rather than I hate you I'm in my room and I never want to talk to you again. So, how do we put those I messages together? And it's in three parts. And if you're taking notes, if you're um not driving, and you can just write a couple of these things down, those three parts every time, um and you don't have to use them in order, uh, and and you can eliminate one of those parts, but it's when I see this, so you're describing a specific behavior, like when I see this or when I hear you say this um give it in a non-judgmental like truly objective behavior that you're pinpointing not the not the individual but the behavior when i see this or i hear this i feel and describe how you feel i feel sad i feel frustrated i feel disappointed and then describe because so you're giving them the the impact basically of what's happening. So describe the tangible and specific effect that the behavior is having on you. When I, when I see you still playing Xbox, when I say your time is up, I get upset because I feel disrespected. Okay. So you're giving them once again, when I see the behavior, then I feel this way, sad, frustrated, disappointed, whatever that word is. and this is why. This is the impact that it's having on not only me, it could be on the entire household. When you set the tone, there I there I go. I used a U-word. Um, I feel frustrated when you come to the table grumpy, it creates tension for the whole family. And you want to teach them how to do these eye messages so they can speak to you, you know, hey, mom, hey, dad, when I hear you say my room is condemned and it looks like I live in a pigsty, I feel shamed and um, I'm trying to think of the tangible specific or just, you know, maybe that's it. I feel shamed. Okay. How, what can we do with that? All right. I, I, I don't want to shame you. So what would be an answer? How can we get through this conflict where this is what my expectations are and this is what your expectations are and let them feel like they're a part of this as we move forward? Uh, some, some tips and we just have a, a last few minutes here. So keep your words, your voice and facial expressions like. Consistent with the intensity of your feelings without being condescending. Sometimes when I do these eye messages, my daughter will say, okay, you're talking to me like I'm a 10-year-old. <laughs> so practice, <laughs> practice doing it so you don't sound so like, when you do this, I feel, uh, try to make it as natural, maybe practice on your spouse or other family members. But be clear and specific. Only talk about what is happening in the moment. So you're not going to use words like you always, you never, it's like right now, this is what I'm dealing with. Don't use, you know, you never do what I tell you to do. It's like, no, absolutely not. That is how we shame them. That is very condescending when we just throw them every single, you know, always, etc. Do not dump strong feelings in a way that, you know, scares them where now they're, they're not hearing anything else that you're saying. So try to uh, keep those emotions where you're not, you know, raising your voice. You're just having a normal conversation. Remember that if you use these I messages too often, it may seem to your children that their feelings don't matter because so it's continuously, I feel when you do this, I prefer you to do this behavior. And that's why it's important to teach them how to do this as well. listening to girlfriend it because our girlfriends are where we get our best tips for life find us on facebook at girlfriend it hit subscribe to itunes or toginet.com